Did you see that the uh, the Bush's Baked Beans dog died? I did see that. Did you? I don't know why I saw that, but I definitely saw that. You saw it because it's fucking news. That's news. <laughs> Obviously. We live, we live in, a, in, in Trump-adjusted terms. I guess that's news. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I think his owner, whatever his name is, Reggie. Fed him too many Reggie, Bush's Re- Baked Beans. Reggie Bush. <laughs> Reggie Bush. No, I think he... Uh, I think that he got sick of his dog trying to like give away the recipe, and I think he had him put to sleep. Yeah, that's the, my running I theory. Mean, or maybe he was just really just tired of his dog farting all the time and smelling like shitty ass baked beans. Dude, do you think the Bush's household is just the grossest? But you think like like the young Bush boys, you know George and Jeb and stuff, like <laughs> they like they wanted to bring friends over because it just smelled all the time. Yeah, I def. I mean, obviously George and Jeb and <laughs> um, or Jeb Babs J- Jeb. 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 I do it with an exclamation point. Jeb. Yeah, no, I heard the exclamation yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love the idea that that um, the bushes are the bushes of bushes baked beans. That actually is an amazing thought to me. It would it Le- was, liberal on taste, conservative <clears throat> on preservatives. It would uh, it would explain a lot of the reason why um, uh, George Bush became a cheerleader <laughs> to get some attention because no one wanted to come over to the Bush's household because it just smelled like farts all the time. Right. So. And he just spent his whole life trying to come back from that. He tried to block the smell of it by shoving cocaine up in his <laughs> right, nose back right in the seventies. Yeah, right up his nose. Yep, that that nice light white nose candy. <laughs> I think we figured a lot out today. I think we did too. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know, this is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Let's record some podcast here. How are you doing, Zeller? Uh, very good. Um, really enjoying are the you? soundtrack tonight with uh, Justin Timberlake. Whoever that put this on has some really good taste in music. So. You know, and, and perhaps it's the same person that forgot to put on like a Yule log and like an old silent film on the TVs around here. There's yeah, no, like there's, sports there's everywhere. like soccer. Yeah. There's actually like literal, literal soccer on the TV. It's wild. So. Why do that when you can have old World War II like army drill videos? <laughs> uh. I don't know. I appreciate it. Justin Timberlake and some soccer, although I don't enjoy watching the... They're showing the replay of the Sweden-Switzerland match, and that was a fucking snooze fest this morning, so... Most of the games have been really good, though. Yeah. I mean, we, we can talk about that in a little bit, we'll talk, but... Yeah, we'll, uh, get to the, we'll get to that eventually. I've even gotten to watch a few of them. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Uh, I talk a lot about soccer. I do, I do more talking about it than I do than watching, watching it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way that's why that's why this works so well together yeah <laughs> we get to tell each other what happens we get to tell each other what happens to the specific not, games that we watch and just yeah. and then just make shit up and it's not you know, it's not tell, for the listeners it's for and you and me to <laughs> fill each other in exactly. and then other people just eavesdrop yeah, yeah. this is really the only like two hours we ever get to ourselves in the entire week so. i'm just escaping my kids that's <laughs> all it is um so hey we're gonna we got three games covered we got a game that happened it's made a lot of people sad we got two games coming up before the next time you're gonna hear from us so we're gonna hop right in but before we do uh a 
reminder, if you like the content you hear each week, if you think you've learned a little bit more about United or just about soccer in general. Or us. Or us personally. personally. We share a lot of personal things. Uh, uh, a lot of tears are shed on this podcast. Uh, if you want to continue to enjoy the high quality of content and audio we deliver each week, or we try to, consider supporting our Patreon. Even $1 a month helps if you could actually uh, finish it with a, a, a cent amount of 69 That would be a help. And all the funds go toward updating and replacing the recording equipment and paying our SoundCloud and uh, website fees, stuff like that. None of it's going into my already overstuffed pockets. Yeah, you're just, you're breaking no, it up. Oh, yeah. I, you don't, know, uh, I don't give a shit. Just, for, just for some, um, you know, some dollar points for, for those of you at home who are interested. Uh, about $5 will get you a Rum Hams at Fitzgerald's. Um, you know, so that's pretty solid. So five. Are 60, we making up donation thresholds right now? <laughs> yeah, I kind of, okay. yeah. yeah. Listen, this was my job for many years, like... Five sixty nine a month. That's less than uh, that's less than one cup of coffee a week. You know. <laughs> I love I love that every charity out there uses that exact same example. And it's yep. like, well, eventually I'm gonna have to be like drinking three hundred dollars worth of coffee every week just to <laughs> fucking pay for my charity. Uh, but no. But in all seriousness, uh, it's every everything that helps. We I'll put it in the outline for next week when you're not gonna be here. But I'll, we'll do. A, we should do shout outs for our Patreon sponsors at least once a month. Shout Let's them do that, out, yeah. you know, all Absolutely. that. So if you want to get involved, uh, now is the time to do it. Uh, the money comes out in the first of the month, so you can join now. You can actually get a full, you know, month of podcasting for without having paid. You pay on the first, and we are seriously, we're gonna be doing some bonus Patreon content. Uh, I think we we need to get that Demolition Man pod scheduled very soon. Uh, eat it. So. Think about that. Like, how much money can we, you know, spend on Taco Bell? Because we're gonna need to eat Taco Bell while, while we watch Demolition Man. Yeah, so, so we're gonna need the two dollar donation to cover an entire <laughs> meal on Taco Bell. Anyway, so, so visit Patreon.com/slash/TheDavesIKnow to help support the Daves you know. So let's talk about what the hell just happened. Uh, and we're thinking about FC Dallas. So do we have to. Uh, we do have to because it's uh, it's it's inked in blood at this point. So um, we'll start it off. Best moment of the game, Mr. David Zeller. What do you got? You know, I'm going to say, honestly, it was watching that TIFO go out. That was fucking yeah. fantastic. I know you are gonna. I know you have some bullet points in there talking about the TIFO. I don't, actually. But, in, really. in, 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 you know, I have, I have a, an actual moment of the game. And actually, it really even wasn't the best moment of the game. Um, but, yeah, that TIFO was fucking amazing. Um, just, I actually literally downloaded Reddit onto my phone so I could go in and read Reddit said. and, like, go to town on assholes who were being dicks it was and mostly positive most, there were a few yeah. yeah there was a couple people who were just like but who were like you know and they, everybody was getting they were getting downvoted and shit so i was like all right i don't have to worry about this like yeah, minnesota yeah. minnesota reddit's got it unlocked um so just seeing that and then was fucking amazing and then seeing all the pictures of it afterwards like you sh- i've seen the design you showed me the design a couple times and yeah. i knew it was gonna be awesome and and, and you know was it did not disappoint. None of the TIFOs, honestly, this year, man, have disappointed. So I just want to give you just a shout-out, a kudos for – that's a really fucking hard job. Um, and you've, like, jumped up to it and, and stuck it with a plum. So Thank you. Um, kudos to you, man. Thank you. Well, it's a, it's a group effort. If you want some behind-the-scenes um, dirt or whatever in TIFO, uh, we had different fabric for the bottom row. We have to stitch together a bunch of panels, basically. We ended up getting different fabric than I expected, and it was a lot more sheer, and it was a lot more, um, it was weak, it was thinner. Yeah. And so we actually started to have tearing when we were doing rehearsals. 
Um, and it wasn't just at the seams, it was just tearing because it was shitty fabric and that thing catches a breeze and it becomes a fucking hot air balloon really fast. <laughs> so there's like a lot of tension on that. And so we actually just abandoned rehearsals. We are like, look, we can't have this thing tearing apart. Let's just do it at game time and pray. And, uh, that, and so we didn't know what was going to happen. We hoped that enough people, because there's a bunch of people there at game time, yeah. just holding it is going to distribute the, the pressure more evenly. Um, but we were worried and we were really worried about what it would look like if we had this like gay pride TIFO. But then we just tore it in half right in the middle. Like, what would that look like to be like, do they do they hate gay people? Like, was that supposed to happen? That's but awesome. I do. I, I can I say that because we literally just lugged that fucking mon- monstrosity up to the Dark Clouds office. We did. Before we started recording this podcast. Like, we just got super sweaty it's, before we went to the bar so to, big, yeah. to record the podcast. And uh, it was starting to rip while we were just, yeah, just pulling it from, it, yeah. your, from your van up to the, up to the you know, the second story of the, or second floor of the office. Yeah. So We um, fit that whole thing in the trunk of my uh, fucking sedan, by the way. Did you really? Just in the trunk, yeah. Holy shit. Like, I thought the car might explode, but uh, we did it. <laughs> Anyways, we talked too much about the TIFO yeah, for the yeah. best moment. Um, I like what you said about the 352. I'm gonna. Uh, so my theme tonight in talking about the game that happened is gonna be. I want to un- underscore some intangibles about it. We don't. Sure. We don't usually talk about intangibles. We talk tactics and we talk who's playing where and stuff like that a lot. I think part of the reason this is a good chance to do that is because I like tactically a lot of the things that we saw, and I've kind of harped on the same tactical uh, ideas you can for a say while that, now. Say that yeah. same ship Nobody enough needs times to before it just that. gets so, really annoying. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about intangibles. And so my favorite moment of the game by by that measure was um, Mason Toy pumping up the crowd late in the game. Yeah, um, it was awesome. I really like it. Um, the loons lost, but I think it was, when it you was see after, somebody doing that, that Mason, it was after a hell of a shot that oh yeah, yeah. was, was able, just barely able to get a glove on. Yeah, so. and, and like that's the kind of thing you see from teams that are on a roll. This sort of enthusiasm and confidence. And now, of course, we're not on a roll, and it didn't turn into anything. But a lot of times, when you see a team that's really down on their luck, there's a sort of vacuum that everyone can just feel. And I think there is this about that, and you can see that in a lot of the players. But to see one guy up there saying. No, let's drag ourselves out of this. Mason Toy is far from a perfect player. He's got some development to do, but attitudinally, you know, the first game he ever played, he comes out, gets a yellow card within like a <laughs> minute. He's just, he's here to make things happen. Yeah. He's excited. He's enthusiastic, and I I, I was excited about it. So. Yeah, and, and I think everybody with, with him too. Everybody's got to take a step back. I think the kid's still 19 years old. Yeah, yeah. He's 19. Remember what you were doing? When you were fucking 19 years old. I was doing a lot of drugs. I, sh- I should have been in jail. <laughs> I yeah. know. Me too. Like I was smoking a lot of weed, yeah. drinking a lot of beer. Uh, basically, like playing ultimate frisbee mm-hmm. and trying not to fuck up too much, and and you know, that kid's running around against uh, you know high quality MOS opponents. Um, I, I just you mentioned you alluded to what I have in the notes, which I didn't actually say uh, for the best moment of the game for me. Um, there was lots of really great moments. I think you know just collectively that you know he's rolling out with a three five two, kind of out of necessity, but not. I mean, he could have. He had. He had the personnel too. He could have rolled out something like his four-two-three-one that he normally We've has. We've seen in the him past. do it. He stitched together yeah, a Frankenstein. And 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 he's rolled out the three-five-two out of you know basically he decided he didn't want to play any of his stars like in the mm-hmm. Sporting Kansas City Open Cup match last year where he rolled out a three-five-two with uh, what's his what's his nuts uh, fucking. Anyways, he actually rolled out three-five-two that actually looked decent and made strong, sense yeah. on paper. Yeah. Um, and the team responded and. Um, again, you know, they were obviously shorthanded with Ibsen, um, or sorry, with Ibarra out, with uh, Calvo still out with all the injuries that they've had. Um, but it actually was a functional 3-5-2 with players in the right position, and they looked really good mm-hmm. almost all game. With mm-hmm. you know, But for that one set piece, we'll talk about in a second, they looked really good. And, and mm-hmm. 
the so you know we're we're driving that Heath out train. Um, mm-hmm. I've at least been driving that Heath out train for yeah. quite some time. I feel I'm like you're, board, yeah. you're like the uh, you're second in command on the Heath out train. I'm on board, but uh, credit credit but, where it's due this week. But he yeah, but if, if if Heath's able to do things like this, um, change his tactics mm-hmm. to you know match up with the team that he has and with the personnel he has, you know. Maybe he's got maybe we, he's got a second look in him. I mean, I gotta see more than just this week or next week. Right. Uh, you know, I need to see a, a lot more from Heath over the course of the last you know part of the season. Last games of his career. Like he's yeah. he's not you know he's not getting fired halfway through the season. He's he, he's gonna see the season out. I need to see a lot more before the end of the year before I would even um, begin to think about bailing off of the train. Yeah. But a, a game like today, um, when this team came out, they did not uh, they were not mentally weak and they didn't uh, concede early. Right. Um, he had the tactics right. I think the so. Players were right for what he had. That's this is an enc- that's an encouraging sign. So yeah, absolutely. So what was your what was your worst moment of the game? I mean, you know, uh, the Lamar goal, um, which you know once again came from a set piece. I think we've conceded uh, in the last six games four goals on set pieces. That sounds about um, right. Which is really good considering Minnesota has not scored any on set pieces, uh, which is really sad. Um, you know, we had literally 13 corners, and we fucked every single one of them up. Um, and then also just rewatching the match, uh, parts of the match today, um, specifically the goal. Um, Mears was on the set on the on the corner. Mears was looking at Lama, like, and it looked like he was he was marking Lama. He took about four steps back, like kind of while looking at him, turned to look see where the ball was coming from. And then turned back to Lamont, didn't and even it was gone, step yeah. up. And Lamont just Lamont took about one step in, mm-hmm. was able to get get some momentum, get his entire body behind the ball, and mm-hmm. headed it right by, you know past Shuttleworth. Um, so I mean, obviously, you know, we give up you give up a goal on three step you know three set pieces. They you get thirteen, they have three, they score one goal. You can't really even yeah. really contest on a set piece. It, yeah. it, that's a frustrating uh, frustrating moment. So yeah, it was um, not pretty in them, but 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 I, I think again. It was a moment. It was an isolated moment that overall looked really solid. I, yeah. I'm at a point where I think that Tyrone Mears is a weak, one of the weakest pieces of our defense right now. Yeah. Um, but we don't have a lot of strong replacements there as long as Jerry Tisa is out either. One of the things we've talked about is um, pretty consistently about how we make just you know like two or three mistake, big mistakes every game, and, and then we punished. capitalize. This what I mean. To be fair, like that wasn't a huge mistake on Mears. Um, I think Ibsen was should have probably been a little closer to Lama as well. Like. I don't think that was fully on mirrors. Um, that was, you know, it was a collective team sort of, you know, somebody's got to close down at, at some the, point. At the very wrong moment, but that, it, but it wasn't a just out and out like slip or errant mm-hmm. pass or something thing like something that Minnesota has, you know, consistently done for their entirety of, yeah. of their MLS uh, existence is that they just they try to you know a clearance and it goes right to a mm-hmm. Cosmos player or to a Sporting Kansas City player who then just you know slots it right behind like a, a wide open net. That was that was not. You know, this particular play was not that. It was just a good old-fashioned. They got a goal. Yeah, which you know happens. Yeah. Like you get you give up enough, enough set pieces, and you're going to get scored on. Now, you know, yeah. it seems Minnesota is getting scored on set pieces a lot more than other teams, and definitely not scoring them as at the rate they should. And and you know, you know, you learn the laws of averages. These things should even out eventually. Mm-hmm. Now, who knows if that actually ever will? But so yeah, that, I mean, so it feels like it has to. It feels like it's statistically unlikely yeah. that like every time we make an error, we, we don't have those errors. I mentioned this last week. We don't have those errors where you're like, "Ooh, that was close." Mm-hmm. No, if we have an error, there's a ball in the back of the net. That's it. And it just seems, of course, we are worse than the average bear on defense. But it seems like 
statistically, some of those have to just like go bouncing outside and be like, or like just, just you're tugging just the collar, like whoopsie daisy. Or, yeah, exactly. Um, but it just hasn't. Yeah, I mean, watching some of those World Cup games, they're like uh, England had a, or Colombia had a just a couple of terrible giveaways that you know England just shanked the shanked the ball. You right. know, it's like. Why don't we get that? <laughs> you know, yeah, we, yeah. We never get anything like that. Or we so. just get a little little white knuckles, and that's it. You yeah. Know, so that, so that mean so again, we put back to the points. Like you know, that was that was a that was a very minor mistake, and of course they scored a goal. But that was pretty much it in terms of like you know Minnesota defensive lapses. So wh- mm-hmm. I want to hear what you have to say yeah. about uh, your uh, worst, worst, moment, worst game, moment. So if I can't say our finishing collectively, which obviously that deserves some mention, I'll say Ibsen's third miss. Okay. Uh, specifically, Wait, was, that the, was that the one from Quintero? Oh boy, I got to go back and watch my because there was a lot of Ibsen misses, was, and I, yes. I might be conflating like some five of them or here. six, I think. But you know, there there was one where he had to get a, you know his sec, I think it was his second miss. You know, he he had to get a foot in quickly so that a defender didn't snuff it out. But by getting it in quickly, he shot it wide because now his angle is affected by that. No, this is just one that just you know they, you know they talk about playing a ball into space, right? They usually don't mean like outer space, and you know it was one of those moments. Oh, I remember and, that. Uh, okay, I remember that one. And uh, like that was the moment when I was I talked about that Mason Toy moment where I was like, yeah, we're getting pumped up, we can do this. Ibsen's miss there was the moment I was like, we're not gonna get this. Like no matter what happens, I feel that vacuum right now. Um, Ibsen had a really rough night, and it wasn't just in his shooting. It was uh, he's lost a little bit of that um, dynamism on the ball that I think he had last year. You remember the utilization stats that they showed about him last year? Yeah, that he was as a percentage of touches that the team was making. It was more than any other player compared to his team in MLS. Like he was he was being utilized heavily. Yeah. I haven't seen the number this year, but I can't believe it's as high. Yeah, he's I mean, not dribbling around, dudes. He's not making that crazy pass. He's doing none of that stuff. And I remember um, he's not terrible. Yeah, I but remember, he's not Ibsen. I remember. Uh, I'm sorry. The uh, watch. I'm kind of you know, Fox Nine News is playing over you, and then there's a uh, a. This is a tangential. I was watching soccer. Uh, so at Town Hall, they you know they show all the U.S. Men's National Team matches, and there's this. Across the street from Town Hall, right next to Bullwinkle's, there's this door that, and this thing that says Ruby Lounge on it. And every time we're over there watching soccer, it's always like in the middle of the day, you know, watching U.S. Men's National Team matches. It's like me and Bruce and Bill, and we're and we sit we sit in the in the back room of, of Town Hall to watch the matches with the, their bigger screen. And we see people going in and out of the Ruby Lounge. We have no idea what the fuck the Ruby Lounge is. Today we walked past and there was a sign that the Ruby Lounge had been like closed due to violations. There's a big sign in the, in the window. And uh, it was just on Fox 9 News, the fucking Ruby Lounge. Well, <laughs> so I had, to, I had to text Bruce McGuire. What were the, what were like, the violations? Uh, unlicensed rental hall. Was, oh. So I yeah, thought I it was idea. maybe like a, like a Pee Wee Herman uh, type of situation. I like, no, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Well, it's because I can't hear what, was, what, this, yeah. what the story was. But yeah, I was just like, holy shit, we were just talking about that today at the townhouse watching the, uh, watching the match. So. Sorry. Uh, no, that was a worthwhile. I did not aside. mean to digress there. <laughs> uh, what was your? Uh, oh no, no. So, so no, I was going to point out. Um, Ibsen blowing. To your to your point about the usage uh, uh, utilization usage chat. Um, that's actually one of the things that Matt Doyle, um, you know, from uh, uh, you know Extra Time talked about. Is like, you know, he made the argument I think last year that Ibsen was the best player on Minnesota's team, specifically because of that that stat and and his presence on the field. And you're right, like. But like after like the first like you know four or five like first four or five games of the year, Ibsen was, you know, consistently playing very well. I remember I was talking very highly about A lot of about things look good. Ever since then, on. yeah, I mean, he's looked, he's either not shown up at all, in terms of like he just, you're like, oh shit, Ibsen was Ibsen, did Ibsen play a full ninety? Oh yeah, Ibsen played a full ninety. And you're like, you know, there's absolutely nothing there. Or he's doing shit like he did, uh, 
last week where he's just he has absolutely no touch on the ball. Yeah. Um, he had a you couple of wide open, wide open, wide open nets, and he just and he didn't even put it on target. No, right. So like, you can talk about like I mean that uh, uh, set piece where um, literally there were three loons. Uh, Coleman hit the ball. Um, there were three other loons right three yards away from goal, and Jesse Gonzalez made an amazing save mm-hmm. to keep the you know to keep the game tied zero zero. Um, at least Gallman, at least Gallman put it on 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 frame. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Gonzalez had to make a save, right? Or like yeah. the Schuler, the Schuler uh, uh, shot, where at least you know, or yeah. Ramirez, you know, like at least they're putting it on frame. Um, Ibsen, Gonzalez would have had to toss his gloves to stop one of Ibsen's shots. Yeah, or shot, the, you so. know, uh, a couple of the Quintero shots. Like Ibsen didn't even put it. on. I mean, like yeah, he yes, they were very close, but you know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, as my father it's used to say. It's a big goal. So. It is. A soccer net is very large. I don't know if you guys have ever seen one of these shits like in person. It's yeah, very it's not, large. It's, it's not like a hockey goal. It's, no. it's big. So. Anyways, what was your most uh, what the fuck moment? I mean, every single fucking miss by Ibsen. Just, you know. They were all head scratches, it, yeah. Yeah, there was. He's Carlos yeah. Rivasing out there. Yeah, so. Um, and then the other sort of, I this is, this is, most of the moments sort of after the game was uh, that fact that FC Dallas uh, in the second half had six homegrown players on the pitch at the same time. They started five. Kellen Acosta came on in the second half. Um, six is an MLS record. Um, if Minnesota United is not doing everything they fucking can to emulate what FC Dallas does in terms of their youth, um, then they're doing everything fucking fucking terribly wrong. Yep. FC Dallas, uh, best best youth system in the game. RSL and uh, New York Red Bulls following right up behind them as far as I'm concerned. And sporting, sporting's pretty good too, but like, yeah, I think yeah. FC Dallas is the, is the is the the gold standard in terms yep. of MLS youth development. And, they and get, not even MLS youth development, but a youth development period because yes. they have a, a, a bunch of players who have actually gone over to Europe. They didn't even actually sign with FC Dallas. Right. They were developed by the FC Dallas system and then went on to uh, to other, to Europe and all that. So if, yeah, if they're not doing what FC Dallas, or they're not trying to emulate what FC Dallas is doing. And granted, you know, it's there's not as many players. It's a it's a different. You, know, you have other sport. You have hockey and all that. So it's mm-hmm. you know, obviously Dallas I think has much a much broader and more diverse uh, town pool to, to you know work with. But if Minnesota's not trying to do what FC Dallas is doing, then they're doing everything really fucking wrong. Well, it's it's not like every single player in their youth system is from Dallas, Fort Fort Worth either. Like. You, there's nuances to that you can pull you can pull people in. It's not like Barcelona's fucking youth system is only pulling people from Catalonia, you know. Yeah, no, no. But so, what, well, but you, what I'm you saying, can expand on that. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be like Minnesota isn't the right market for it. And I don't think you're saying that. No. I think you're saying that that needs to be the gold standard for what you shoot for. Yeah. And, uh, so I mean, and we can regardless of our market. Minnesota is. I mean, they're. You know what I what I envision that what what I think they envision their network. Their, their area being is the Dakotas, is Iowa, is um, all of Minnesota, is Wisconsin, you know, is potentially Canada, you know, the, the provinces, uh, mm-hmm. you know, right above Minnesota, um, maybe even stretching down, uh, you know, into potentially Nebraska, parts of Nebraska, you know, their, their TV deal covers all of those, all of those states, right? Um, so I don't, it's, I'm not saying it's, it's just Minnesota specific. It doesn't but, have to be regional either. But I mean, but you think about all the. I mean, I'm just talking about like, literally, like just numbers of people. All of those states combined don't equal Texas in terms of population. And I know like there's obviously Houston and all that, but like there's so, um, you know, there's only so much you can do with, in terms of your homegrown. Minnesota's actually, you know, they uh, by you know partnering with the school, 
to allow kids to live, you know, they, so you're not um, just getting together every weekend, right. uh, practicing and playing, that you can actually, like, you can, there's a school involved, so you can actually be there going to school as well as practice soccer. That's a step in the right direction. That's, yep. you know, they're, they're doing the right things. I ju- mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, you know, we keep reiterating that, and I think we should reiterate the fact that they need to do it, they should be doing it this way, or, or yeah, using yeah. that as a model for how they develop their system to make it work yep. for, for Minnesota. So. They do it right. My uh, my most what the fuck. Mo- so I've got, I've got two. I'm calling an audible here. Yep, that's right. And I I, I, I we'll go quickly through our final points here because I know we've taken a long time and we're only halfway through one game. <laughs> um, so I'll make this real quick. F- my first one, and I'm calling an audible on this, would be our one short corner that we took. That was pr- so. I don't mind us taking a short corner in theory, and the uh, the only reason for that is because we're terrible at set pieces and yeah. in the air. So it makes sense to me to take a short corner. I'm t- I, I'd like to see more of it. And then we did it, and I'm like, oh, really? It's it's kind of like, uh, y- you know, like the worst avatar of the best idea. You know, you want to be like, oh, yeah, de- we definitely support fucking Bill Maher. <laughs> no, why do you have to be you? You know, why can't you be someone else? Um, that's what I felt about the short corners. You fucker. Like, I want short corners. You're out here taking that shit. Yeah. It went directly to an opponent. Not good. Uh, my second thing is the fans were booing, some of them, obviously not all of us in, in chorus, right after the game. And it, and it struck me because occasionally after a tough loss, you'll hear a bit of that and it's whatever. And I'm totally not interested in telling people how to be a fan. I think that's a lost cause to try and I, people do what they want to do as long as it's not hurting anybody. But um, I saw our captain now, Michael Boxall, turn around and start to, right after the whistle, turn around and start to applaud the supporters, which I've heard a lot of complaining online, like, did this person come and applaud the supporters when we traveled? Did that person come and say, and, which is fine. You can feel that way and that's fine. But he's doing it immediately and people start booing. And it was tough because I saw him immediately stop applauding and turn around and put his hands on his knees, that sort of after the game, I'm tired kind of thing. Like he literally stopped applauding our support because we were booing as he applauded. And so that was a tough moment. And it reminded me of this. We, we talked a little bit about the TIFO. And um, most of the people were very positive about the TIFO. But there were some people that were very negative. And the peop- it was like 5% negative, 95% positive. Really great. Of the 5%, half of those people were constructive. They had really, po- like, they're like, for instance, I, I'm afraid that this image of two lesbian people may, might be too sexualized. Like, I get the intention, but I look at that and I think, are there people looking at that saying, why this? Why not that? Why does it have to be about sex and not yeah. about them holding hands? We have reasons to why we chose what we did. Yep. Nope. The other 2.5% remaining were like, this is trashy. You guys are trash. You don't know what you're doing. You don't care. Literally everyone in the league is laughing at you. And... I live for people hating me, so it was very easy for me to just let that roll off. You but just I, embrace the I, embrace. I embrace it. the hate because yeah. I, you know, it, it sustains me. But I think about the people. There were like seventy-five people in total that volunteered and su- supported this. Not all of them are me. And I think about just these random people who just showed up like with their kid on the weekend to try and do a good thing. Yeah. And um, to see that people are laughing and that they think that we're trash and stuff. That's brutal, even if you feel like you have a valid opinion. And that's all I could think about when I saw Boxall out there, to be honest with you. He's like, it's just a dude trying to earn a living, and people are like literally screaming in the stands for him to lose his job. Imagine if you fucked up at our car, which is has to happen. We all fuck up at our <laughs> jobs. Imagine if people like showed up to our car and it's like, you deserve to be fucking fired. You're the worst. Zeller out. You know, like, I don't want to be a 
douchebag about let's, this. Let's but just, I really fair, people have actually shown up and done that. So, yeah, but, well, <laughs> well, and, but but you don't want that happening. But that's that's what you can say. It's a different environment. Maybe it is, but like these are just also dudes, not getting paid. Yeah, these are know, just dudes raising a family dollars, who don't want a whole fucking cabal of erstwhile supporters saying they should be fired and go fuck yourself. Like it's yeah. I mean, that's I, just what I walk. I'll, away I mean, with. I'll I just know. point out like that. You know. You're right. It is. It, it is different. It's not like even you, you and your fancy ass job. Um, uh, I get that at my job too. <laughs> by the way, I get that all. Oh the yeah, time. no, I know. <laughs> but uh, it is. It is a different environment. Um, you know, it's this is harder money that people are paying to go watch this team, and and I don't. I, I would. I would argue. That's bullshit. I would argue that. I don't think that the. Um, and obviously, I don't know any of the booers. I wasn't booing myself. I was clapping back at Boxall. Um, I appreciate it because I thought. They played a really good game, yeah, and yeah, they just absolutely. they just were unlucky, happen, yeah. and that and it happens. Um, I mean, I get, I get the frustration, you know, when this team is clearly, you know, we've we've talked about this. Clearly, is a better team, mm-hmm. but they're clearly results. I mean, they're literally worse right now. Up, yeah. but they, this is a clearly better team, and so I think it's it's more so out of just like frustration with how this team is performing. And oh, I get you know, it. it manifests itself in a lot in different ways for different people. Um, I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a bunch of Minnesota sports fans, and so all they know is how to boo, right? And so it's a, a lot it, of yeah. it's a lot of new people coming to soccer, people who've never experienced soccer before, and, and not and never experienced Minnesota soccer before. And listen, we've I've booed you know Minnesota soccer plenty of times. I I would argue that this this particular match wasn't the time to do it, but. So I mean, I, I say give it a little leeway. You know, people will figure it out. It's it, we're not. It's not like we're fucking Arsenal over here holding Heath out signs. Although it's a really good idea. I should maybe make a Heath out yeah, sign. No, no. <laughs> a Heath it, out printout to yeah. put in my pocket for uh, for the match on uh, tomorrow. So no, I, I, I already said that it's stupid yeah. to try and say what people should or shouldn't do. But yeah, no. Ultimately, but, remember if you choose to do it, which is always your choice. That's really what you're booing is a dude who works their ass off and has a rough day at the office. And goes home and wants to fucking I mean, be, shoot his brains Again, it would out. be That's one thing if there was a specific person that we were booing who had a really like terrible game. Boxall didn't no, have a terrible the, game. They're booing the loss. Yeah, I say, I say Boxall because he stood out because he was yeah. clapping and he stopped. But although I will say, like it did, you know, a bunch of the players came over um, and you know clapped the supporters. And I, you know, I, yeah, I will actually yeah, argue, yeah. like as someone who travels a lot to to these matches, I don't travel a lot, but I, I travel enough, like. When the team has a bad game or loses and they don't come over, it's it is like that's not just that's just like my season ticket, my you know twenty five dollar a game season ticket. Yeah, spending hundreds and yeah. thousands of dollars to get to go to these matches. Mm-hmm. That is, I don't I cannot abide by that. By, by thank you. No, um, I'll, I'll by support the players a, not coming over. I'll support that on that's, away matches. That's um, a, a very know, different situation, and that's particularly fine. places like Colorado and or, you know Colorado, Chicago, Casey. When you have we have a, we have a hundred like Colorado uh, a couple weeks ago, we had almost a hundred people uh, in the section, um, and that, you know players weren't coming over and clapping um, for the and and we outsang the entire Colorado fucking stadium. The we entire typically time. do when we travel. And yeah. I'm sorry, you fucking you fucked up and lost the game. Uh, you come over and and you you support the supporters who came yeah. and sang for you know uh, you know ninety minutes for you. So a t- a I'll get off. I'll get off my, my soapbox. No, a, t- a tough road loss is the right time to come and clap because uh, people travel a long way, paid a long lot of money, and it, which I don't I don't buy into the money argument because like, what if if we kicked FC Dallas's ass? Like their fans could make the same argument. I can pay good money to see a good. T- well, we can't all fucking pay money and all the teams win. Like you get the entertainment you get. 
Nobody, nobody is fucking like burning down the church. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't. I disagree on the money thing, like especially on well, a way we'll travel. Disagree. It's like it, it's no, no. I, I gave you a way travel. Yeah. I gave you that. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Okay, you, let's, nobody let's, owes you a win. <laughs> let's let's move on. We spent way too long on this. We spent Dallas way game. too long. Yeah. Uh, uh, match rating. Give me the C-. rating. Let's not even talk yeah, about it. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I gave a C A. It wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, although third straight game where we had obstruction that wasn't basically any effect yep. obstruction on a restart for us where nothing fucking happened. Uh, the next Freddie Adu for start of the game, who do you got? Uh, I had said Darwin Quintero. Um, you know, he looked like he wanted to play. He looked like the heat didn't phase him, that he was used to it, obviously, I think, which he is. <laughs> he probably finally um, happy. Yeah, yeah, his passing and movement, he created a ton of chances, uh, particularly for Shula, Ramirez, Ibsen, uh, you know, these uh, that ball to Coleman, like all these, that those guys just all fucked up. Um, but he looked like he wanted to play, and he looked like he wanted to win. So I'd say uh, Darwin Quintero yeah. for me. I, I gave it to uh, I gave a Rasmus Schuler the award. He chewed up a lot of ground on a really hot day to do that. Uh, closed down on guys. We've been talking about how defense starts in the midfield. I think he was a big help on that. Even got on the end of, the, of a ball that he probably could have put away in truth. So his work rate was great, and I'm kind of at the point right now where I'd love to see him in the number eight alongside a number six instead of Ibsen playing the number eight. Yeah. If, if you have to go two, mid, two central midfielders, one's an eight and one's a six. Now, three, five, two, this could change, but sure. if we revert to the same old formation, he's probably the guy I'd like to see. My quick runner-up, and we've here. already talked about yeah. it, Adrian Heath. He got the tactics right. His guys just didn't finish. So uh, Adrian Heath gets a, a Freddie Adu tonight. Um, the Freddie Adu award for the shittiest player of the game. Pangop, period. Yeah, he was poor, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, my, my fandom of Pangop has been way blown out of proportion. All I've ever said is that you don't have Ibarra or you don't have Alexi Gomez who's who's fallen flat. You need an option. Give the guy one start, see what he can do. I've not been blown away by anything he's done in a substitute role, but he looked good against Houston last time, and uh, maybe something happens there. He didn't look good as a sub the other night. No. Uh, I gave it to Ibsen for reasons we've already talked about. Yep. His utilization is down. His finishing was piss poor. And he was a ghost uh, when it comes to playing defensively, closing down the ball, stuff like that. I mean, even more of a ghost than he already normally is. <laughs> you know what, what's interesting is, like, we've talked about how he runs hot and cold. Yeah. Historically, he has. He's been yes. more hot than cold for the last year, roughly. But now it's not hot and cold. It's, he's just ghosting. And that. That's its own yeah. bitterness. He looks so dangerous going forward, and then literally was it was like they were playing with ten men when he I, was, you know, going back. Going back, it, was it it occurs to me that you could take that great picture of him from when we played Houston, where he scored the goal and he turned to the camera and kind of smiled. You know, think of that smile. You could use that smile for basically any emotion. Like like say you put together like a gif of all of his horrible misses, and then just ended the gif with that picture of him. Like, mm, <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> it's any emotion is perfect with that picture. Exactly. Other United news. Take us into the next segment. Uh, sure. We talk about this is where we talk about uh, other United news. Um, Frankie Calvo is back in training with the team. Uh, we're unsure if he's going to play on Wednesday. I would wager probably not. Although he did not start. Uh, or playing Costa Rica's last game, so it's possible that he could be ready to go uh, tomorrow. Well, they haven't been playing knockout games either. So. Yeah. So, but yeah, and he, and he didn't play in the last their last group stage game, so he's clearly rested. Um, whether he is fit enough uh, for Heath, we'll see tomorrow uh, when they announce the lineup. The other part of the question is, do we want him? You know, we looked decent with the defense that we had. Uh, now, you know, you could make him uh, a replacement in my mind for someone like uh, whoever's playing left back du jour uh, without Kyle Miller. I mean, the, the, the argument is so the, the question is, does Heath roll out the three five two again right. with Ibarra back, uh, with potentially Calvo back? Yeah. You know, three five two with Calvo as sort of that left center back. 
um, or in that you know, or yeah. in the four-two-three-one, it's more of the you kind know, of a left wing mid roll. Or he's not going to have to run as too, much. Yeah. That's it. Could get sexy. You know, could get. Could do get I want to see him as a left center back in a four-two-three-one? No, don't put him in for that. But I think he could be a replacement over, say, one of our replacement fullbacks. Sure. So I'd stick him in for that. Sure. I mean, what I, I would like, to, I'd love to see him as a left center back in a in a three-five-two. Let's put it that way. So I. In a three-five-two, I'd take that because yeah. I, again, we've talked about this nominally. I consider a five-three-two and a three-five-two. The only difference is whether you have the ball or not. My opinion. Cool. So, um, um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, some other news. Um, obviously, everybody saw it. Uh, Colin Martin announced that he is uh, a gay man playing soccer, which makes him uh, the second uh, openly out soccer player in MLS history. Um, the only one currently. The only, and he's the only actually. Yeah, he's the only one currently. Ro- uh, uh, Rogers uh, from LA was the first one to announce that he was uh, open the gay. He announced that when he retired, but then he came back and played for a little bit for LA, oh. and then he retired again. I for some reason, I thought you were about to say when he retired, he renounced being gay no, 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 instead no. of that he came yeah, back to yeah. play. He retired from being gay. After he re- <laughs> retired from being gay for a hot sec, and then he came back. Um, but, yeah, he's he's actually uh, the only openly out uh, male professional uh, soccer sports sports uh, athlete, in uh, professional athlete, uh, male professional athlete in the United States. Yeah, we have, right we have now, a lot currently. of qualifiers. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of lesbian ones out oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, um, and they're fantastic, and Colin Martin's fantastic. And, and, you know, just reading some of the stories about, like, him and, and, and that he's basically been out to his team for the last year, um, that, you know, he's been out to the front office. Like, everybody knows and doesn't care, and that's fantastic. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, why do we have to – this is like announcing that you're left-handed or right-handed, and, and people don't realize that this is actually a big deal, and this means it means a lot to a lot of people uh, in that community, in, in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those of us who are soccer fans who aren't gay but have friends who are and family members who are, like – being out and proud and, and, you know, having to deal with all the bullshit that he's going to have to put up with mm-hmm. from, you know, the trolls online like you and me. I mean, not specifically yeah. you and me, but oh, I, you and me adjacent on the, on, the, uh, on the far right, uh, you know. <laughs> I will say, I so I obviously I support LGBT causes. Obviously, I put a lot of work into that TIFO, all this kind of stuff. Um, I did say one thing. I had said on Friday night, you know what? Colin Martin would have had that defender on his back right there. <laughs> that was the only uh, that was the worst thing right. i said i don't want to dig too far into this rabbit hole but should colin martin have gotten time on friday uh i mean it would have been it would have been fucking fantastic the the roar of the crowd like the the like how much considering like how many shots we had taken how many corners that we had had and just you know, that kind of the crowd i mean i think part of it was the heat it was really fucking hot if you weren't here in minnesota on friday yeah like it was, it was kind of getting kind of like towards the end of the game it was getting a little groggy, and you know, you put Colin Martin on though for the last like ten minutes of that match. Just imagine how fucking pumped even just the yeah. supporters are going to be, and you know, the definitely like the nice thing about Minnesota, uh, the soccer fans in Minnesota here is that you know, and this is going to be even more amazing when we get to Allianz is that like the people that aren't in the supporter section really pick up on the energy of the supporter mm-hmm. section. And you bring maybe Colin Martin in for the last, like, 12, 13 minutes of that maybe match. Maybe the intangibles start to... You never know. Like, you see, you know, Mason Toy got, got people pumped up after his, his amazing shot, you know, with just yeah. waving his hands. You bring Colin Martin in for that, you know, for, for something. Um, you know, he, could, he wouldn't have been any worse than any, had a pumped anything crowd. else that was, on the, that was on the fucking pitch at that time. So, um, you know, I mean, if it was, like... Do I bring on Ibarra or Colin Martin if, if Ibarra was an option? Yeah, I'd probably bring on Ibarra, but considering the considering the options that we had and the yeah. and the you know the subs that we had available. Anyways, 
We didn't, don't really want to digress. My, uh, my answer other, is no. Keep <laughs> yeah, going. That's fair. A um, couple other announcements. Uh, talk about Frankie Calvo. <laughs> uh, he was announced to the MLS All-Star team for some fucking reason. Uh, Jerome Tiasson, who uh, has been nursing an injury, um, but he was actually held out, apparently, according to a couple of people, was held out of the match on Friday because he's in the process of getting his green card. Excellent. Uh, which is going to be huge, super important for the upcoming transfer window. It sounds like... The Romario Ibarra rumors have a little bit, have some legs to them from people that I know and trust. Um, so it's possible you have another, I'm guessing he's more of a TAM player. I don't think he's going to be a DP uh, in that regard. But having that uh, TAM players. having that uh, extra green card available is, is, a, is a big deal for Minnesota. So considering we had to uh, trade one of ours uh, to Colorado for the, with Sam Nicholson yep. on the, in the Sam Nicholson trade. So we are kind of short a green card or a uh, international, international spot, spot yep. right now. So... All right, that's the awesome. other United news. Um, you got anything else for other United news? We lost last week. What's that? We lost last week. We did. That happened. Uh, we're not the worst news. team in the league yet, but we're getting to awfully damn close. Let's talk about a team that's worse than us on a points oh, per man. game st- uh, standing. Um, well, actually, we played the same number of games. They're worse than us in all They're kinds of fucking us, ways. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Toronto FC. We've got two games coming up in the next uh, four-ish days. Um, Toronto FC is going to be, I mean, if you're listening to this uh, tomorrow morning, it'll be tonight, Wednesday. Yeah. If you're listening to this after that, it already fucking happened. You, li- yeah. you waited too long. Um, so Toronto on Wednesday, and then we got um, um, Houston on the weekend. Let's start with Toronto. Yep. Give us over, under, and everything, and we'll talk about yeah, who's so, good. Um, the, uh, so, honestly, with this match open, is Minnesota's a slight favorite. Um, you know, Toronto had a really terrible game. Well, not really terrible, but a really boring game against Red Bulls, and they, they just have not looked great at all. Um, they played Red Bulls on the road. You lose. Nope. It happens. Toronto's at home. Oh, shit. Were yeah. they? Yeah. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, they really, yeah, they both were <laughs> red and white. It's, it's kind of, yeah, hard okay. to tell. Um, Toronto FC is now the favorite. The over-under is three goals. Um, the game fades base. Isn't the over-under always three goals, Sometimes really? it's two. Um, but, yeah, this okay. is a, it's a three-goal over-under. Um, game is basically a pick em. I'd bet the under, um, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about who I think. Uh, actually, Minnesota is a – is like I said, Toronto is a slight favorite. Now, um, I think the, the, the betting money is actually on Minnesota if you think Minnesota uh, can pull off a victory here. So, um, Who's good? Let's let's bang, let's really bang through this one. Yeah, this let's. Is, yeah, we, we don't need to hear about yeah. how sad Toronto's so, gonna look. To, to be to uh, history, Minnesota lost to Toronto three uh, two at BMO Field last year. Actually, played Toronto fairly well. Yeah, um, and those were those were dog days of uh, for us yeah, playing. So it, it was, was it was good to see us compete. Yeah, so but we was, lost. You know, Minnesota had you know has given as actually Minnesota has actually given most of the Eastern Conference teams a good run for their money, with the only exception being like the Red Bulls, who I think have just walked all over us. Yeah, so. Uh, so yeah, so, so Red Bulls really have owned us. Yeah. Um, so who's who's good? So classically, Javinko, uh, one of the best MLS players of all time, even though he's only been uh, now for four or five maybe years. Maybe one of the best uh, you know, signings of MLS ever, like C- European certainly. signings. Absolutely. So. Um, uh, Jose Altador and Michael Bradley, those are the three D- DPS. Those are the guys who get all the attention, and rightfully so. I'm going to point right now to Victor Vasquez. He's a key, uh, I'll call him activator in the attacking midfield right now. He's taking on more of an attacking role since Josie Altidore's absence, um, and he's been out for most of the season, Josie has. Yep. Um, so, actually, Victor Vasquez is sitting on five goals right now for it. That's tied for the team lead. Jonathan Osorio also has five goals. So, Vasquez is the one that makes things happen on the team, and he sets other people up. You know, Bradley plays kind of a regista role. A number six, but he's more of a playmaker. Number six uh, in that Regista mold, but um, 
Victor Vasquez, man. Yeah. You cover him, we're going to have success. I think so. Um, the other uh, guy I would point out who actually had a had a howler of a, of a, go- a game against uh, the Red Bulls was Alex Bono. Um, he has been, you know, he's not, you know, he's never in the conversation for best keeper in the league, but he's been a very consistent keeper for uh, Toronto FC. Um, he had a really terrible, uh, you know, goal that went through his legs in the opening minutes of that match against the Red Bulls uh, last uh, last weekend. Um, and But, you know, but for that, you know, he keeps the Toronto FC in games. Um, again, you know, he's just been one of the most consistent keepers in the league. So in addition to the guys that you talked about, the, the Giovinco's, Bradley's, Altador's, and Vasquez, um, you know, he has been uh, a, he's a very solid, very solid keeper. You know, someone I would like to have on my team. So, so too bad he has a, a terrible defense in front of him right now. But yeah, also, he's going to have Minnesota finishers in front of him too. So sure. it's just mostly going to be a ton of shots that none of them will be on target. That's well, the game. If you're a goalkeeper, that's the best kind of that's, that's the best the kind, kind of shot. Yeah. I mean, when, I, when I played goalie in hockey, I was like, if you shoot, and my, I told you, told my defense, like, don't let them shoot at me. If they want to shoot, like, like, let them shoot past the net. Like, as yeah. long as it doesn't come on frame, you're good. Yep, yep. And you position your body to yeah, make that so, happen. Uh, who sucks? Speak, speaking of, uh, let's yeah. talk about that really shitty, uh, so, <laughs> the really shitty back line. Well, so uh, yeah, we'll start with the back line. They've allowed 30 goals this year. That's the exact same number as Minnesota United has allowed in the same number of games. So if you've had any sort of feeling about how our defense has felt this year, Toronto has been that. Um, so now they have been riddled with injury. That's a problem. I don't think they've started their preferred starting three slash five they play a, a three five two five three two whatever you want to call it um so i don't think they've played a single game with that starting back line that they want but they're not going to on wednesday night either so um, neither has minnesota to be fair if they don't need to against minnesota yeah. um they, i will say that sebastian javinko the guy who i said is really good um he's taken 80 shots this year that's an eight and a zero and he has scored three times that's like regressing to the mean right there like he was, he was insane in the last couple of years. Well, the mean has to be higher than that. Like yeah. he's he's dipped below where the line should well, but be. He, he had he the last couple of years has been a ridiculous finisher. Oh yeah, so unsustainably I think, I think this good. This is literally yeah. just a regression to the mean. It's it's you know it, clearly he's much better than what he is doing. But it's also but, like he may have been overachieving the last couple of years too. I, so. Well, he's he probably has, but I think he's below the, where the mean should be right now. I think Ooh. he's gone farther. Mm-hmm. But it also underscores how important Josie Altador is, not just in terms of scoring goals, but he is a classic kind of hold up striker. He's a guy who can hold up the play and create for other people as well as be a finisher. Uh, he's only uh, Josie only played three games. This, I, I should throw him on the pile of who sucks. He's got a f- foot surgery. He sucks. Um, <laughs> but dick. he is the 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 relationship between Josie and Javinko and the way they play on the field cannot be underestimated. And Javinko has shown how important Josie is in activating him, not just Javinko being a maestro. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we we you mentioned the back line. Um, one thing I actually want to point out to. Minnesota United fans and and people you know a lot of people talk about Toronto as being a, a you know right now a really great franchise they've they've been in two uh, MLS Cups in the last two years they've you know been in the uh, Concacaf Champions League they made a run to the finals this year as being like hey that's a team that we should try and emulate um, yes and no uh, Toronto did absolutely nothing to participate to the postseason once they joined uh, MLS for about ten, almost ten years. Even after signing Altidore, Bradley, and Giovinco, it wasn't until they actually addressed their back line that they started. Um, they made a couple of runs, uh, you know, in 2015 and 2016. 
They finally won it all in 2017. That back line, as you mentioned, has been hot it's fucking key. garbage all year. But this year, yep, poor. And, you know, it leads me to, hmm, you know, maybe uh, in the expansion draft when Minnesota was coming to the league, they should have grabbed Steve Betashore, who's playing I'd, like I'd grab him playing out of that fucking tire amazing fire. right yeah. now and, at LAFC. Um, so it's... It just re- reaffirms, you know, reaffirms a lot of things that we think about when we th- think about this league. Is that no one actually talks it, talks about and or addresses their defense. The teams that do, the Sporting Kansas Cities, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the those teams are consistently decent. Now they're not necessarily like the most exciting teams, but they make the playoffs every mm-hmm. fucking year. And you know, with the playoff format of of uh, M- uh, MLS, you really just need to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You, you, you never get know. There, you go on anything a fucking can run. happen. Exactly. Yep. So, I mean. This should be a, a stark reminder to Minnesota United, the, the brass, uh, you know, the front office watching. Don't neglect your fucking back line. And I don't, I'm not arguing that Minnesota has completely, uh, you know, been bereft of their back line in terms of, but, you know, as they're thinking more about DPs, like. Continue to prioritize Continue that, to prioritize yeah. it. And, and consider consider a DP for that back line, you know, getting yeah. a, a decent player that can really anchor what, you know, they thought Demidoff Cavo could be. be, and Cavo yeah. is, you know, he's shown to be bits and pieces of that. He's not the, he's not the full thing. You need someone else, but like, really, and so you know. Anyways, that's the basically their fucking backline sucks. If we sign a Florian Jungworth and a Steven Betashore, oh my god, that backline. I'm so, Holy I'm, fuck, I'm so hard right now. I, yeah, I, I, I'm like at, at yeah, twelve o'clock, fucking Absolutely. straight up. Um, Anyways, it's never gonna happen. No, <laughs> DP and defense. Good <laughs> lord, how should we play against him then? Um, you know, pretty much for the last 180 minutes, Minnesota has been the better team against their opponents. You know, I'd, with, I'd stretch it longer than that, yeah. but I, I know what but you mean. For, for sure, for the last two games, Certainly. They, and they have zero points to show for it. Yep. So, um, you know, their scoring is more or less non-existent uh, in spite of controlling possession. They're taking an insane amount of shots and not putting anything on frame. I don't think you need to fuck anything else up. I, you know, I think you, you continue to roll out what you've been rolling out, um, and you hope you hope that... You know, regression to the mean is not necessarily a bad thing. It's also, like, a good thing. Like, eventually some of those shots are going to be on frame. Goalies are not going to make those saves. You know, it's, it's, you know, an analytical thing. Like, the regression to the mean could sometimes be a good thing in terms of, like, our shots will be on frame. Mm-hmm. The goalie won't make those amazing saves to punch mm-hmm. the ball out or get his, just mm-hmm. a fingertip on to knock it over the, the, the crossbar. Um, I don't think Minnesota changes much. Now, I get really get it depends – you know, Ibarra's back this week. Mm-hmm. Um, depends whether or not uh, T.A. Sona's back. Clearly, if you can get Mears out of there, you get Mears the fuck out of there. Yeah. You know, I like rolling off the three-five-two again, and even mm-hmm. if it is putting uh, Cavill back as a sort of a left center back mm-hmm. with Boxall and Coleman. I take a, that. That's a pretty fucking solid three. I take it. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I would. That's what I would run out against. You know, you know here and then. You know, spoiler alert: probably against Houston as well. Yeah. We don't know what what will come in terms of injuries and things like that but mm-hmm. um, I would say you know run that whole thing out again and and hope against hope that you get a little bit lucky this time I 100% agree um, don't tinker with the 3-5-2 get that out there Ibarra returns put Ibarra in as a leg for leg sub there but you keep that formation if Frankie Calvo has to appear we already talked about it either put him as the left wing back or you put him at the left center back probably the left center back is where he's going to end up going some of that's going to have to do with our fullback availability there um, so I don't think you tinker with it. You have to stick with that. And I'll so rather than saying what you just said for ten minutes, I'll say this: I think we're done for this year. I don't think we're going to make uh, a yeah. big playoff charge or anything like that. But we've seen at least visible improvement 
in the team, the way it plays, the way that there is coordination this year compared to last year, even if the results haven't been there. And um, we've seen a ton of bad luck. We've we've owned the last four or five games, four games, sure. Um, I, I think that we should have walked away from each of those games with points, including I, U.S. Open Cup, I'm including, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, if you okay. to call it points. So um, I think that that bodes well for the future future. If it's not this year, if we're too late for this year, I feel like we're slowly getting sucked toward a place where we could be competitive next year when, again, we regress toward the mean, which is an upward direction. <clears throat> and maybe we have fewer defensive injuries. We had a ton last year. We still got a bunch this year. Defensive midfielder and Sam Cronin, fullback injuries all over the place. We get starting folks in there. We might look like a good team if we don't tinker with this stuff that's worked lately. I would love to see Ibarra in a 3-5-2 as a wing back, just tracking, tracking he back, would be playing the wing defense, back, yeah. uh, going forward. Um, I may be a wreck the entire match if, if I see something like that. So, the, the big come question on, is Adrian who's, Heath, who's on the left side then? For, what's that? Who's on the left side? Then? I mean, maybe it's your it's Calvo. I mean, maybe maybe you run back, you run out Almsberg, Boxel, and Kalman. Yep, and you put Calvo as that sort of that left wing. That back. is exactly what I want. That would be. I oh, don't want it to be, be Gomez. so hard the entire match. I don't want it to be Gomez. We we've talked a lot yeah. about how Calvo could look good going forward. He does it for Costa Rica all the time. He's done it for his previous clubs. I would love to see him in that left uh, wing back position. You're given Almsberg minutes. Almsberg looked fine the other night. You know, I, yeah. It's exactly what I want. Yeah. Cool. All right. So who wins? What's uh, it's it's gonna be Minnesota two, Toronto one. I fucking said it. I got three two Minnesota. We're both calling Minnesota. <laughs> well, we just we're uh, we're we're like oh uh, I also the other thing I want to Stockholm syndrome. Is yeah, what I know. It is. I know. Like, the other thing I want to point out this is the uh, the team's uh, salute to freedom match. Like we're gonna we're gonna like take freedom. <laughs> By the dick, shove it up Canada's ass. Fuck it, yeah, fuck it, right, really hard. Like we're <laughs> yeah. to jam freedom right up Toronto's fucking asshole. They still have the queen on their money. Bam! <laughs> You're putting the queen on our fucking money. Uh, we put the Illuminati right. on our money. Yeah, I know. Let's uh, let's breeze through Ooh. Houston, and I want to go. I want to take Houston faster for a couple of reasons. First of all, we've played them a few times, and we're gonna have a lot of the same things to say as yeah. we did three weeks ago when we played them. Second of all, because there's gonna be a lot of things that are gonna happen against Toronto that would influence what we and would have Dynamo's wanted to say. Dynamo's actually playing literally right now as we're talking, so their yeah. their match is finishing up. So so yeah, be a short short uh, short rest for everybody. Right? Yeah. Um. So so let's let's breeze through Houston. We don't know what's gonna happen in Toronto that's gonna change our minds about Houston. Yep. So yep. let's talk about it. So yeah. So there, obviously uh, there's no lines yet on this match considering Houston's playing right now. Minnesota will play tomorrow. Dynamo have to be favorites. They're, they're favorites, yeah. Um, I would imagine I actually would wager that the over-under on this one it might be like three and a half goals um, considering how well Houston scores and, and you know what Minnesota potentially can do. So Dynamo are below the playoff line. They are. They're in, in seventh right now. Yeah, so... Um, but that doesn't mean they're a bad team. No, um, they're not. They br- they deserve you know, better. We've talked many times over the course of the last you know year and a half about their Honduran attackers and and yep. what they can do. And they are you know, especially at home, they are very deadly in the attack. So yeah, we started to hint about. It. We always talk about who's good. The Honduran attackers are uh, Romo Kyoto, Albert Elise. Um, those dudes are are excellent. Um, my man, Maro Minotas. You know, I've had a big heart on for him for the you last have, year, even though he's not even a consistent starter. Uh, I got totally vindicated, but unfortunately, <laughs> it was because <laughs> totally he, vindicated. Yeah, because he scored against us in the U.S. Open Cup and knocked us out. Yeah. So I, I love being right, but I hate that I was right in that moment. Uh, but watch out for Marmon Otis if he gets a start or else as a as a, a, a super sub, he could do damage. Uh, keep an eye on him. All right, sounds good. Who sucks? Um. 
You know, it's weird. They don't really have a, a ton of people who suck super hard. Their keeper, Joe Willis, you know, he's a perfectly average keeper who's prone to mistakes. Um, they have a leaky back line, which I guess is where, you know, we have an opportunity to capitalize. Um, we clearly did not uh, during the Open Cup uh, match. Um, but I think that is probably where, you know, where the uh, the weakness obviously lies in uh, Houston. So Yeah. Now, Chris Seitz was getting some some time in goal there for a while, too. So yeah. keep an eye on the goal. Willis, um, I mean, Willis is, I mean, he's been back. He's been in the in the Nets for the last several matches. So Right. He's he is going to be the starter. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. He's he's not a great goalkeeper. But he doesn't have a great defense in front of him, so it's always it's always tough to say you know this goalkeeper sucks and that one's great you know when you don't know what you're watching for with goalkeeping. Their defense is solidly mediocre. We've yep. been talking about like it's piss poor. They've got 24 goals allowed. That is just right in the middle. They're not great. They're not poor. Um, it seems like the goals that they've allowed have consistently cost them points, though. In the same way that we talk about our errors consistently costing us points. Um, they're currently, they're, by the way, they're currently losing to LAFC one to nothing in the 26 minutes. Well, so. Lord, Lord help us. A lot, home. Of, a lot of teams are going to lose. Houston's very good at home. Yeah. So, but LAFC is a very good team. Yeah. Let's see so. blessing scored. So, anyways, ha- I mean, that, that, hashtag this, game, this game's already over. So, hashtag, uh, you know, past content. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, by the time you listen to this, none of this will have mattered. <laughs> um, so uh, when I look at their defense, which I just described as being mediocre but inopportune, uh, Alejandro Fuenmayor, going to pronounce Fuenmayor. his name correctly, Fuenmayor, Fuenmayor uh, uh, is, I think, a bad center back. I think Leonardo is a bad center back. I thought Leonardo was a bad center back every place he's gone. Yeah, um, that's true. So now I look agree. at Demarcus Beasley and Andrew Winger, who uh, would play like in fullback positions, and I say, okay, those guys are fine. Even... Demarcus Beasley, who's 190 years old, I think they're fine. Demarcus Beasley, I think, is older than I am, so I think that's, that's saying a lot. That's old. Yeah, it's old. That's as real shit, old, man. But I, I think if we're looking for opportunities, it's gonna come in the middle instead of on the fullbacks. And low, I've been saying for how many weeks that what I really want to see is our outside dudes, our wingers, or in the case of a three-five-two, our wing backs cutting in and getting onto balls there instead of just running up the sideline, you know, which is, which is un- what they've been doing the last couple of cross. matches. And, and it's been effective. Yeah. God damn, it's been effective. I mean, that's, that's do it, the do whole it point. more. Yeah. I mean, I feel vindicated. Darwin Quintero uh, had that amazing um, uh, run and th- that he, he, he made that pass to Ibsen and Ibsen just shanked it. Yes. That, you know, he, and he cut in and if he had, I think if Quintero had actually taken the shot, like, you know, you know, uh, uh, squared it up and taken the shot, might have had a better shot of scoring than Ibsen. But, yeah, you're right. Like, you've talked about it. We continue to talk about it. Um, it's, and it's you, And you are 100% correct. Like, and, and we have been, yes, in the last, you know, two, three, four games, like, it has been working uh, very, very well. So, so yeah. It's, and that's great. The that. center backs are poor. Great. Let's bring it inside. Let's put ourselves on the yeah. uh, on the inside shoulder of the fullbacks, and uh, then we take them out of the play. So, um, how should United play them? I think we've hinted at some of that yeah you, unless something happens against toronto, against toronto that totally blows this idea out of the water sure, yeah. continue to play the three five two right 100 percent agree we talked about two or who the, we want where you know, I, I mean i'm guessing if if Covell doesn't play on wednesday he's definitely playing against uh houston um you know and you know depending on what happens with the card situation and all that who knows um but yeah you're i think there's i Presuming that nothing drastic happens, I don't think anything changes in terms yeah. of, of the setup for uh, Houston. So yeah, we we just we just don't know. I mean, we're based on we're based on how you play. I'll say, I'll say this: don't change the game. We, we've talked about this before, like how Minnesota, as a lesser team, is constantly having to look at the other team and say, "How can we address their weaknesses?" Instead of knowing we're strong enough to assert our will. Um, 
we looked good enough against FC Dallas, a team that was fourth in the Shield standings when we played them. It was at home, naturally, but um, we looked good enough that I feel like we don't just look at Houston's strengths and weaknesses and change everything we're going to do. Let's do what's worked. Yeah. Let's assert our will. Let's become that team. We're, I mean, we're at a moment where it, we can do that. Houston doesn't have a game changer like a Bradley Knight Phillips or somebody no. like that who you know you really need to adjust your game plan for that particular player. Uh, I mean, we talked about well the Hondurans. The Hondurans are great. Don't get me wrong. Like, they're yeah. fast as shit, and, and they can expose you, but there's nothing that Minnesota needs to do to any differently to mark them or, or man mark any of those guys particularly because, you know, we'll do we'll be able to take care of that defensively. I, I will say that if they choose they, – they play with a front three. Yeah. If they choose to play their front three very narrow, it could put us in a tough situation with overload situations because in, in, in our 3-5-2 – we're going to have wingers who are going to find themselves constantly, wing backs, constantly trying to make up ground on a counter, assuming that we are good enough to put the other team countering. Um, and if they're all playing narrowly and we've only got three center backs and now it's just it's just three on three in that situation, and they, they can easily create some man overload situations in different zones, it could be tricky for us. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't so think we'd change because of that, but they could do so, it. So one thing I would argue for this particular game, especially in this – I. I know you. I've heard you argue this sort of point about you know MLS road games is that you know we shouldn't change much. However, in terms of in terms of tactics, uh, in terms of strategy, um, we ought to maybe consider uh, absorbing pressure a little bit more and focusing more on the counter attack, which is where mm -hmm. you know the three five two becomes more of a five three two. Right. You know the swing backs, the Ibarra, the Calvo are playing you know more a little bit more defensive. Mm -hmm. um, they're not pushing forward and unless we get a break you know where we were able to spring you know Quintero or you know Ibsen is able to spring Schuler uh, or you know a bar on, on a you know across uh, across the field um, so yeah maybe more playing more of a defensive uh, focused game um, but you know with that idea that you have you know you have a Barra who can run with just about anybody else in this league and 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 go and Cantero who can easily run with anybody in this mm -hmm. league even at his you know thirty year old you know, on his thirty year old legs how old um, so yeah so absorbing maybe well, absorbing a little bit more pressure it doesn't have to be with the wing backs dropping back sure. either you can have so if you're playing against Toronto you use a bit more of a, a a number eight in the center of the midfield somebody who can roam box to box be a playmaker. And then against Houston, if you expect trouble from a front three, you have somebody who's a dedicated number six who's actually is going to drop a back Maximiano toward the back line. Or a, Play a Maximiano. Or a Warner in, in, that, in, in yeah. that particular position. And ask him to, him his his yeah. ass does not go forward. Yes, your, your, <laughs> your job is to be a little bit more reserved and to create a back four, drop in behind and in in the middle of a center back and a left or right center back and make it into a four. Um, give them that opportunity if you expect trouble from a front three. Sure. And you can change that mid game. You can come out obviously looking like the kind of three the the free five two that we played against Dallas and say this isn't working. Whoever it is, Warner, I want you to drop back and let's make it a four man back. Put a, putting a lot of fucking faith in Adrian Heath to make tactic changes mid game, man. He's but yeah. You're right. Anyways, moving up. How, how, how does it how does it play out? What's the score? I, you know what? I'm I'm a little more optimistic than you are. I think it's a I think it's a two two draw. I I put a set a, a two to nothing loss to I'm, Houston. I'm 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 banking my I'm putting my you know ha, putting my hat on regressing to the mean and that we are a better team than what we've seen in the last. We are. You know, three to five weeks, and, and we huh. should have we should have had you know probably ten points of in the last four weeks. Uh, and we've gotten zero points in the last four weeks. Like, yeah. 
I think I think we're, we're the soccer gods. Uh, you know, owe us some owe us some points and, and the, stealing yeah. a point on the road, which we did against Houston last year, actually, when they had not lost, they had not dropped any points on the road. We went down there and, and took a point from them. I think we see the same thing again this year. All right, yeah. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I, I hope I am too. All right, let's back off of that. Let's talk about what happened last week really quickly. Pixar didn't happen. Then we're going to talk about this coming week's games. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, I, did, I didn't see your picks because you forgot to put them in the, the spreadsheet last no, week. No, no, no. Last week, so uh, no. Dallas beat Minnesota. Obviously, one and nothing. We both had uh, a Dallas victory. We both got, that was my only correct pick of the week. Was it really? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. You had a really bad week then. Um, uh, Portland, three. Seattle, two. I had that one correctly. Atlanta, four. Uh, Orlando, zero. I also had that one. Uh, Sporting KNC lost to Montreal uh, on the road, obviously. Did Montreal not see home. that coming. Two nothing. No one predicted that one. Montreal's actually played really well the last few weeks. Um, Columbus, two. Real Salt Lake, one. I had that one. I actually had a really good week, as a matter of fact. Um, New England, three. DC United, two. I had that one correct as well. Again, another three, two. Chicago beating NYCFC. Good week for Neither goals. Neither of us had that. What's that? Good week for goals. Yes, absolutely. Oh, there's Chicago above the above the red line. Yeah, good for them. You know how they suck? They yeah, above the red line. They kind of suck still though. They lost to Minnesota United. <laughs> never forget hashtag, <laughs> hashtag never forget. <laughs> uh, LAFC uh, beat Philadelphia four to one. That was a pretty easy one to call. I don't know why you didn't call that one. Uh, three three San Jose and Galaxy. Uh, God, San Jose sucks and <laughs> the Galaxy suck. And why do we lose to San Jose twice? Um, Red Bulls beat uh, Toronto on the road, one nothing. I picked that one correctly, actually, as a matter of fact. Colorado, uh, that buoyed by that Minnesota uh, victory a couple weeks ago, went on the road and beat Vancouver, one nothing. It was Vancouver. <laughs> it was true. That's Vancouver has allowed the most goals. No, they have the worst goal differential. Worst goal differential. Yeah, they're they're also MLS, not, yeah. not a very good soccer team. And as it's currently standing, uh, Houston Dynamo is losing to LAFC, one nothing. I had a three-two victory for LA for the Dynamo at home. Um, still plenty of time to get that uh, get that result. That match is currently in the 35th minute. So pouring shots of fireball over here. Ooh, somebody fireball is, um, and rumpy. Somebody wants to have a really shitty uh, Giddy Wednesday. Up. Hey, rumpy's awesome, <laughs> my friend. Rumpy is awesome. Ugh. Yes, it is. Sorry, we're fighting with the bartender and right fireball. now. Uh, <laughs> let's let, uh, let's talk about this coming week's picks. I'm going to call it, and you give me your pick. All right. Minnesota United FC versus Toronto. You already told me you Three, had us in for a win. Two to Minnesota. Well, good luck with that. Uh, I got us in for a two-one. Yep. FC Dallas uh, is going to host Atlanta United. A couple of good teams. This actually should be a good game if yeah. FC Dallas isn't in its fucking summer swoon. Yep. Uh, I have a two-one Dallas victory. I got uh, an Atlanta United on the road two-one victory because yeah. uh, FC Dallas will go through their summer swoon. Uh, Colorado and Seattle Sounders uh, worst game possible. That is probably yeah. That's easily the worst game of the of the week. I have a one one draw in Colorado. I have a zero zero draw because I I have to assert its awfulness. Uh, Rail Salt Lake is going to host the Sporting Kansas Cities. I got a uh, Sporting Kansas City going on the road, winning two to one. RSLs is a Mike Petke coached and better team than you. I feel like now I'm drunk because I'm like pointing at you for no reason. Like it, yay, RSLs got Mike Petke, and they're going to be good. I got a one one draw. Okay. Um, Stop fucking looking at the patrons, man. Okay. Uh, LA Galaxy is going to host the DC United's uh, fre- uh, Wayne Rooney signing. Yeah. Are uh, they going to, whether he plays or not, could they be buoyed by I his fucking emotional he, I support? I don't think he can actually play until July 10th. Yes, uh, but just his his presence. I mean, you know, look out, ladies of DC. 
Wayne Rooney's on the prowl. He's the ugliest man. And he's so he's so. You remember ugly. I was saying about how like don't fucking make fun of people because they're real people out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, Wayne fuck, Rooney is ugly. Fuck Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Uh, I got the Galaxy winning two nothing. I got to win it one to nothing. All right. Fuck DC United. Uh, LAFC, the other LAFC, uh, not the other LA, Los Angeles. You know the city I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, I was gonna host uh, Orlando City, the Purple Lions. Yeah. The Purple uh, Lions. They just fired their coach, uh, Jason Kreiss. Um, Jason Cry. I think the Lions lose uh, three to one to uh, LAFC. I got them three to nothing. Yeah, there you go. Because, but they should be better. I don't want to go there. We've talked about it recently. Right, they got yeah. a good front six. Um, Philadelphia. Yeah, and they do, and they have a really terrible back four. Very, very bad. So. Um, maybe so. Maybe you're right. Maybe a high <laughs> a high scoring loss. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia and Atlanta United. I got a surprise pick here. What do you got? Uh, I have a two-two draw. I think this is gonna be a really <laughs> exciting game. I had a two-two draw as well. I was <laughs> gonna, I was gonna fucking pick. tout my draw there. Uh, New England is gonna host the uh, Seattle Sounders. Uh, Seattle's really bad. You didn't get to They're your, so uh, you didn't get to your uh, Champions League, Concacaf Champions League take. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna take thirty seconds and rant about that. We have barely enough time for me to talk about it. Okay, go for it. Uh, I, I don't want to go too far. I, I think that the Champions League hangover thing, it's not a myth, but it's way overblown. Um, this is not the NBA where if you play through the playoffs, through the finals, that you're putting an extra, and I can't do math, what, 28 possible games on your legs over that time. And it adds up over the course of seasons, and it really, you know, it, it, there's a fatigue factor that, that is not – you're playing – 10 games if you make the finals that and now that is a lot in the, in its time like you know you might come off of that over the next month and be like that was a lot of games and a lot of travel and feel tired there is no reason that toronto and seattle should be able to continue to use this not as an excuse but as a this is what's happening these are professional athletes they're used to this I, I think that it's more than that now. I think we're seeing the kind of team they genuinely are and anybody who's still saying boy that CONCACAF champions league is uh, no, that's it's beyond that now. It's not that. Both so both of these teams are are have a lot of veterans on them. That is true. Um, yeah. Seattle's tried to retool, but Jordan Morris is obviously out for the year, he's out. so he's hurt. Uh, they've tried to retool a little bit, but they both have a lot of veterans on them. So I mean, I agree with you. I I, I also think it's kind of bullshit. I I, I think it, it is true for the beginning part of the season. You know, your March, April, yeah. Mayish. You know, I, I think you, there you could. See well, some of that hangover that is still there. Remember too that they reschedule fixtures around the teams that are in the Champions yeah, so League. The, so we talk so about the fatigue. The one thing, the it's one thing, actually, like for like games. The one thing that I, that, a lot of MLS apologists um, will argue is that, they, the, but, it's true. But the Champions League starts before the season starts for most of these teams, so they don't actually get the same preseason. All that, yes, you're right. They do move. They do move fixtures around so that they can focus on the because MLS has prioritized the Concacaf Champions League, and I think that's a good idea. I don't think they shouldn't prioritize this competition. Um, however, like it really does throw off your dynamics in terms of training uh, and and you know getting to know the players, the, the new players on your team. You know, every other country that's in the Concacaf Champions League, this is happening towards the end mm-hmm. of their season, so they've been playing together for yeah. you know six months. So I well, mean, I think there's, I think that is. Maybe part of that is not really well or adequately uh, discussed and talked about. It's not maybe necessarily fatigue so much as just like timing and all and that. But, but you're, that's but, a really good reason to suck at Champions League. It's not a good reason to suck now. But you are You've 100%, had all that time. You're 100% correct. By, by July, by, by beginning of June, 
You should. You, you should are who you are. Figured out your your champions league hangover and and yeah, either drinking the Pedialyte or just saying, you know what, I'm gonna fucking lay on the couch all day and because right. I'm a fucking worthless piece of shit. But they're so. still on the couch. Seattle, the Seattle Sounders are a worthless piece of shit right now. So it's no a, <laughs> New England winning three one. I don't know if I, just, I if I said that. <laughs> we didn't get there. No, okay. I, I, no, I um. I mentioned this to you in the car. It's no longer Champions League hangover. It is full-on Champions League alcoholism. Yeah. Like, they, you have a problem, and it's a long-term problem now, kids. Uh, which game was this? New England versus Seattle. <laughs> I'm you my notes. Three, one, I had uh, a 3-1 no, uh, win for New England as well. <laughs> They're still hungover. Uh, Montreal Impacticos is going to host the Coloradicos. 3-2 uh, to the Impact. They are actually on a roll right now, and Colorado, I think, still sucks. I also have a 3-2. That is three, it, three straight picks where we're I identical. didn't even look at your picks when I made my picks. I, I I, maybe I'm looking off your notes. Uh, no, I'm looking off mine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are you, you make sure you're reading the right, yeah, the yeah. right side, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 11 picks that are all identical. Uh, the Sporting Kansas Cities are going to host the Toronto FCs. Uh, I think uh, 3-1 to Sporting Kansas City. Okay, I've got a 3-1 win. To, uh, I've got a 3 nothing win because I think Toronto are as bad as they are now. That's fair. Um, Houston Dynamo, we already talked about, is going to host. i got a 2 nothing loss for us. Draw, so yeah, well, we'll there is no God. Uh, Real Salt Lake Ecos is going to host the FC Dallas Ecos. Um, I don't think Dallas is going to do their uh, summer spoon. I think they win one nothing here. Uh, I actually have a 2-1 to one win for FC Dallas. Okay. That's only because, as I said earlier, Real Salt Lake, they're not good. Now, you remember I said I was that they were good? They're bad. Um, LA Galaxy sure. is going to host the Columbus Crew. Columbus uh, Crew, the crew still are good. Very, very good. Very good defense. 19 goals allowed this year. Yeah, so I have a 2-1 uh, crew win on the road in, in LA. Well, that's the same fucking thing I have. Um, <laughs> Van- me. Vancouver, my, you know what? Vancouver is not the worst team in the league, but they're my least favorite team in the league. Uh, is going to host the Chicago Coast. Yeah, I think I think Ch- Vancouver finds a way to beat Chicago 2-1. to one. Kai Kamara, my favorite player. Vancouver, my least favorite team. That's fair. Uh, I got a two to two to nothing win for Chicago on the road. Uh, Portland, still a good team as always. It's a, that's a franchise we don't talk about. We talk about your Dallas's, and I've talked about Real Salt Lake. We talk about the Red Bulls. We don't talk about Portland as just a good top to bottom franchise. Yeah, I mean Portland, they do they they spend a, they spend a lot more money than Minnesota. I think will ever they spend, do. Yes, um, which I think is you know if you know we talk about. It would actually be really a really an interesting podcast, maybe like maybe a Patreon podcast to talk about like what we would want. Just go through each each team in the league and say what will we take from that team. Um, I would take Merritt Paulson's pocketbook from Portland and give it to Minnesota United. That would be the one thing. Wait, I would, that's, that's the problem. We have we have a pocketbook. I'm, I'm saying I'm, his pocketbook and that he, in his willingness to take it you, out and right. use it. You you would you would take the totally worn elastic band around it and not <laughs> the fucking chastity belt that's around yes, ours. Exactly. Okay. So, I got you. Um, that actually that actually might be a fun podcast. Like just go through each team. It's like what what will we take? Let's and we have to, and we literally have to take something from each team. So yeah. We have to we have to take something. The from weather. This really shitty San Jose team. I would take that bar that they built in there. <laughs> their supporters. Florian Jungworth. <laughs> yeah. Or oh god. Yes. You're right. Take it back. <sighs> we have to do that podcast, I think. Um, Let's do I have it. Portland winning four nothing. Portland <laughs> two San to Jose. nothing. Yeah, San Jose is bad, yeah. but four to nothing is a fucking what? 
No, uh, the New York City's uh, is going to host the other New York yeah, City's. The, the New Der- Jersey's. The Hudson River Derby. The New Jersey. The Derby. I hate fucking people who are just like, I'm English for one word. Like, what? Just talk yeah. the way you talk. Uh, the New- Hudson River Derby, I have uh, the Blues, uh, the Blue side winning 3 to 2. Ooh, and I got the Reds winning. Ooh, New York Bread right. Bowls. Uh, is, uh, that might a, be a good team to hang on, uh, a good game to hang on watch, yeah, actually. Yeah, this is a Sunday game. We, may sh- we should probably we should get together. think about watching this game. We should have some of the alcohols and uh, watch this Yeah, one. when are you flying out to uh, San Francisco? I fly out on Monday to San Francisco. We're, we're, you're going to have a replacement uh, podcaster next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll do. We'll figure it out. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's Luke Craig. I've been talking I gotta, to I gotta go out for big swing and dick uh, business meetings. It's a 6 p.m. match on Sunday the 8th. Let's watch it. Fuck yeah, let's, let's do it. Fucking do it. All right. All right. We, we just uh, made you, a you date. We're making another podcast later this week from us. Who knows? <laughs> a, live, uh, a live simulcast of the uh, match simulcast. that you're watching. We could uh, what do you, periscope it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nobody would watch. Remember when we did that for the first time? Well, yeah, but we were talking about the loons. We didn't talk about some two rando <laughs> fucking teams. Uh, hey, last segment. We got some answers for you. Let's talk about yep. the questions. First of all, Adu, friend of the podcast, yes, has very much tangentially a, uh, been on a, once. A Patreon subscriber, by the way. Yep. Uh, we didn't mention this Patreon earlier. If you uh, donate $69.69 and you pay it up for like four months, we will stop this podcast. <laughs> we'll st- we will stop. Yeah. Okay. Um... MLS VAR versus FIFA VAR. Go. Um, that's a good question. Uh, They've done it better in FIFA. FIFA I've, has. I've seen yes, it they done have. Better. They, they're 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 more consistent in what they are looking at, and when they look at it, then when we look at it, we're like, okay, this is the decision they're probably going to come to, and then they more often than not come to that decision. Now they've there's been some weird there's been some weird ones that I've seen. Um, MLS VAR is just so inconsistent in like what they actually decide to look at and why they look at it. And then they look at something like, oh, okay, they're looking at that. Oh, it's clearly a, a foul and a red car. And then it's like, nope, play on, <laughs> nothing here. Um, and, you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, I know the FIFA refs have, all, have gone through it. They went through several different rounds of training to get up to speed. Um, you know, Mark Geiger is there refereeing matches. He actually refereed that. Uh, Columbia England match today, which was a should have been a ridiculous yellow card fest that he uh, kind of lost control of for a little bit. Um, so I'm curious if Geiger I, has not had a bad World Cup. No, he's though. had a very no. In fact, he's actually had a very good World Cup. He he got that match back under control. It kind of looked like it might go off the rails for a little bit. So I'm curious to think what what see what he brings back uh, in perspective from from VAR because I know he's actually also been in the VAR booth as well. They rotate around. Um, I mean, if, we're, if, if I had to pick one, I would, I guess I would pick FIFA VAR because it's actually being, like, they've actually told their referees to, you know, on something that is, you know, it could go either way to default to offense, to default to letting the play continue, mm-hmm. and the VAR will sort it out. Yep. Um, and, you know, if we're going to have replay in this sport, which I, you know, I, we're not going back from replay at this point. Yeah, I would, I would defer towards letting letting the play happen, finish out, and then... You know, dealing with the with the after the the ramifications in the aftermath. Even if it is having to pull back a goal, I'd much rather get the call right. We're going to do it this way, and I'm not necessarily arguing or advocating that we should be doing it this way. But if we are going to do it this way, I'd rather get the call right and let the let the play happen and, and finish than you know waving something off erroneously and not letting a a play complete and mm-hmm. you know losing a goal scoring chance. You know, that's my two thoughts, two cents. What are your what about you? Man, the loons are on Fox 9. 
Don't always get the fucking coverage there, but there you go. Um, so I, I think that VAR should be used in two situations. Goal line, uh, if the, did the ball go behind the line or not in the goal. And uh, you gave a red card as a referee, so we're going to review it and make sure that it looked like it probably should have been a red card. Not like you didn't give a red card and we're going to like second-guess you and feel out whether it could have been. I don't really like to see it on the subjective stuff, to be honest with you, because that's the nature of that's the game. That's fair. I think that... But, but they do... I mean, that's... The question if, is: The question yes, is: The question what, is: Do the question I have is to what, pick one? What, do you, what does you, David Martin, uh, want yeah, to yeah, like bar yeah. to be? The question it's, is: um, Yes. The, so the, I mean, implementation-wise, it's supposed to be the same for each. Sure. It's, but FIFA but it's, has done a better job they have. Of, of, of than just MLS. Yes. I mean, they're better referees. That's a big piece. Of I mean, it, yeah. it's fucking pro uh, here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, Howard, not, Howard, Howard Webb, uh, Howard Webb, kind of the. The guy who champions VAR and MLS right now. What's that? Howard Webb is kind of the guy who champions and helps implement VA, uh, VAR yeah, and isn't MLS. Yeah, he like yeah. the head of the head of pro right now, or he's is the he is he fully the head of I pro? I think so. I don't, yeah, it's something I like didn't that. Know that Anyways, but I don't know. So I mean, yeah, I hundred percent. I, I mean, I, I I feel like it makes sense maybe to scale it back a little bit, but I don't think it's going to. And right, I don't. If it's not going to happen. Then obviously FIFA's implementation of it has been stronger. I, just, I mean, I just want them to be consistent about what they're doing and how they're doing it. That's literally the only thing I want. Like, yeah. So, uh, the other question we have is from Jake Chalcraft. Uh, do you see enough in Maximiano that he might stay with the team? What about other fringe players? Uh, so, interestingly, I thought Maximiano looked better in the uh, Open Cup game where he was... Uh, booted for like two, two yellows in 15 minutes or whatever it was um i thought he looked better there than he has in games where he played a lot of time he, he has been he's run hot and cold for me but i think a lot of people are throwing the baby out with the bath water there i would love to see him get his feet under him uh especially since we've been playing well recently it'd be interesting to see what it looks like to have a true number six on a team that is performing the way that we could perform instead of the the other team that we can be. So I would like to see that, see him get a little bit more time. I've talked about needing dedicated number six for a while. Um, do I see enough that he would stay with the team? That doesn't matter because I think Heath does see it. I mean, even even though he's collected the, the cards for the Dark Clouds Charity Club and stuff. Uh, yeah, very Heath terrible can, man. They, they sign him. And we know that the front office and Heath tends to be people who stick with the people that they got, even regardless of the kind of performance they can put up. Yeah. Week in and week out, so I think he could certainly stay with the team. But one thing, I mean, one thing with Maximiano is that he is—he's coming off of a really bad injury, so he's not—I don't think he's a completely a hundred percent full. Could he be yet. great when he really does fully come back? Yeah, you know? and so I mean, it, for what, for what um, I envision Heath has asked Maximiano to do, he's doing—he's doing exactly what Heath has asked him to do. Um, and again, you know, with the the consideration that he is. Uh, uh, you know, still recovering from that injury. You know, he's probably now you know close to 100. Um, percent the The question is like, Keith is really, really invested in uh, Ibsen as a midfielder, um, and doesn't seem to understand that you need you know the eight and the six, and not just you know two eights. However many there. eights you can cram in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, so. He is, I Dude. believe he like the loan ends at the end of the year, so it wouldn't surprise me if it mm-hmm. if it if he if Maximiano goes back, it would also surprise me if it the loan is extended. Um, now 
do I see Maximiano getting sort of a longer-term contract in Minnesota? Probably not. He's I mean, going to have to turn that performance My, my guess is that, you know, if Minnesota wants him to come back, they would maybe do something like a one-year, like an extension of the loan. You know, maybe maybe it's to July of next year mm-hmm. and with an option to buy at that point. Um, well, I don't, you know, other than that, I, the, don't, I don't really know. The second half of the question is what about other fringe players? And yeah. uh, so, you know, for instance, uh, Bertrand Okundi, um Hasn't seen any minutes. Yeah, that's that, that guy does not actually exist. That guy's a attack shelter. <laughs> right, that, right, yeah. That Manny Lagos signed. Could be. So, uh, so let, let's let's dismiss that because you also need backups, and you know, I don't think we've this, seen anything to call it good goes or bad. The question of like, but let's what, say, do let's we need Penga. a fucking reserve team? Or, you know, what, we need we, a, you of know. course we do, and we need a USL team to give yeah. these guys minutes. Let's talk about a guy like Pangop. He's a fringe player, but we've seen him now, having seen a little bit of performance. Is he the kind of guy that you keep on? Nope. Jake, this is a very big question. <laughs> nope. Uh, Pangop, nope. Um, you know, the... the uh, actually, an interesting car- uh, interesting uh, person, uh, player in this particular uh, circumstance is uh, Carter Manley. Carter Manley? We've seen Carter example, Manley yeah. a little bit. Um, do we th- Have we seen enough of Carter Manley to think that he has a future with this team? Now, I guess I, w- I would sort of... What's his contract? I don't even remember. He's on a rookie contract, so he, you know, he, I, I think he's pretty much. He's making like probably like fifty thousand dollars a year. Well, I know, like I know that, the money, the, but the like how minimum. how long? It's I think it's year, it's year to year. Oh, it's okay. All like almost all these contracts are year to year, so we could easily cut Carter Manley if we wanted right. to next year. Um, I th- I th- I'd keep him. The, I, I wish know, we had a USL team to send him to to here, get minutes. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Depending on what the reserve situation is like uh, next year, uh, if we whether it's we have a team in the USL Division Three that we can store some of these players at, like a Carter Manley, like a Wyatt Almsberg, to get some seasoning, to get some consistent playing time. Um, if we don't have that, I don't think Carter Manley is back next year, just based on what I've seen so far this year. I'm not arguing that that that's how we should play it, and mm-hmm. that's how it should be. I kind of like Carter Manley. I think Carter Manley needs. A little more time. He needs some seasoning. He needs to play consist more consistently than he has been. Um, and but but when he's been deputized, when he's been called into duty, he's played really well. Like and really well by saying like he's not fucked up too much. Like and for a you know that's, a twenty one twenty two year defender, old, yeah. um, a, you know defender being called in to help plug holes in one of the leakiest defenses in MLS history to be like yeah that guy didn't fuck up too much. That's a that's actually a ringing endorsement. Step in the right uh, direction. So yeah. yeah, so like guys like Carter Manley, really honestly, this question kind of hinges on whether or not we have that that release valve for these mm-hmm. players in terms of a, a reserve team. So hopefully Madison all comes together, we put something together, we can do that. So it's uh it's been too slow a process. Other teams have done it faster, but what um, about like a what about a player like Alexi Gomez? That's probably another fringe. I don't know if I call him fringe because it, at the very least Heath sees him as a starter so much so that if he can't play on the wing, he'll cram him on the defense. Like he sees him as an integral part. Um, I'm not impressed at this point, but um, so okay. I, I think he has to be a part of it. Sure. Unless there's a, I mean, like I would have said the same about Nicholson, but we had a great trade in mind. Now, could we have a great trade that sends Gomez somewhere else? Well, Go, Gomez is alone, right? Yeah. So no, Gomez, Gomez, I, I think they would love to keep him because Heath loves him. Another but the only thing I'd send him out is if we acquired his rights and then we got a great trade for him. Another podcast I want to do with you towards the end of the year is uh, Nashville is coming into the league next year. Um, there's going to be an expansion draft. Um, the the dra- like the podcast I think should be just like who we would keep 
and why we would only keep six players on this team. Like who we who we would protect and why would we only protect even though six we even though we get to protect more, we're yeah. like no, why would no, we only we're not protect going six to players on this roster. So. Take them off our hands, it'd be fine. So, anyways, it, we got one last question that came in real late. Um, Mags, that would be uh, the person who asks us a question basically every fucking oh, week okay. now. Which, by the way, Andy and Mags, if you, you guys need to just come visit, I don't know who you are, and I feel really bad about this. Like, if I've seen you in the stadium and introduced myself, man, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, come, yeah, no, come, come say hey. Come down if to the fits. you want to buy us a beer, you know. We're which, well, yeah, yeah, come visit us and buy us beer. You know, well, <laughs> I'll buy you a beer. That'd be cool. Come say hi, and then I can know whom I'm talking to. Mags has an easy one. What food do you like to pig out on on uh, the 4th of July, and what do you like to wash it down with? You're right. That is an easy It's easier than the last one, Jake. That's that's a what do you what do you like to eat on uh, the Fourth of July? Uh, Independence Day, as we call you know, it in America. Um, that's the you know, s- where you're cramming freedom down your dick hole day, yeah. as I like to call that's it. What, yeah, that's what they call um, it. You know, I'm going. I'm actually going to a pre-match uh, barbecue at a friend's house. Uh, he's making he's making homemade Z-Man's, which is uh, a uh, uh, Oklahoma Joe's uh, specialty. I just like any kind of barbecue on the Fourth of July. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I like to, you know, wash it down with bourbon, because I'm I'm American. Uh, bourbon, Jesus. Um, no, man, I'm super lame. Uh, I'll go one further than barbecue. Uh, I like ribs specifically. Okay. Ribs are incredible. Now, I went vegan for a while. I'm I'm kind of off the vegan. And I, I still try to do my best to reduce meat and stuff like that. But there's not fake ribs. I mean, there is. But there's yes. not a replacement for ribs. No. It's ribs or ribs, and uh, they're fantastic. By the way, I don't know if you. It's like you know the part of the animal there, like where their lungs are. You know, like they just rip all that off. Yeah, it's very so, good. It's no, very good. They're very delicious. Yes. yes. So I I'd do that and I wash it down with a tall, cool uh, Budweiser. No, not a Budweiser. I would. Uh, I like sessionable stuff in the summer. I, yeah. I, I'm not alone in that. So give me something with about a four and a half alcohol. Give me uh, a lazy sipper by Summit or whatever. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a uh, with a Budweiser. You know, it's a good solid. It's fucking lager. American. It's not called Budweiser anymore. It's called America. It's called America. That's true. Did I tell uh, you? Did I tell you about the time I shot at a bald eagle on the Fourth of July? <laughs> you what? No, it was. I mean, that's basically the story. Like, uh, I'm I'm not a gun guy, but we uh we were you out at a friend's. Shot a bald eagle. No, 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 no. I shot at one. Shot at one. I missed. Um, we were. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that like a federal offense? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we were out in the in the country, and uh, and this guy that we were with for the Fourth of July, he had some guns, like some rifles out there, and um, I got good at shooting the targets. I was like, yeah, I feel pretty good. I'm like, what if I shoot some? You know, I want to get into this. You know, and I saw a bird flying by off in the distance. I want to try and get that. And so I like shot whatever I had. It obviously didn't hit it at all because the thing kept flying. You know, he didn't stop. Uh, and only as it flew closer did I realize it was a bald eagle. So I mean, that's mostly the story. I shot at a bald eagle on the Fourth of July. Oh. Holy shit, man! That's why, cool. Why don't you tell people where they can find us? I was going to tell my I, my my other favorite Fourth uh, of July story is we used to. Yeah. Uh, I I lived, I grew up on a uh, on a street in St. Paul uh, that was not a great street and it, you know pretty much very uh, empty. Uh, but we used to on the Fourth of July we used to like get Roman candles, like me and my dad and like a, a bunch of, fr- of my friends, and we used to like shoot Roman candles at each other on the Fourth of July, like like duel, like like Harry okay. Potter fucking like, <laughs> wizard dueling, but shooting Roman candles at each other. It's the best. <laughs> that is I highly a, recommend it. You know, when I eventually have children, uh, I'm going to encourage them to shoot Roman candles at each other. But that as long is as you're, as long as you're safe, straight up away. Avada Kedavra right there, man. <laughs> All right. Um, 
Okay, so thanks for listening, guys. You can always find us at davesiknow.com. Email us your questions at thedavesiknowmn at gmail.com. You can find all of our uh, random rank ramblings and all the fun stuff we do at TDIKMN. You can find me specifically at Texas Seller. You can find Martin specifically at Regular David. Uh, please uh, give us a follow. Follow the uh, at TDIKMN, TDIKMN uh, feed. Uh, Patreon.com backslash the days I know to you know donate some of your hard-earned cash help us uh, pay for some shit uh, so yeah I think that's pretty much it enjoy the enjoy the week enjoy the matches happy 4th of July mm-hmm. if you are around and want to come to my housewarming uh, party on Saturday if you're still listening to this fucking podcast <laughs> uh, hit me up uh, at Texas Zeller I'll give you the address no you didn't want to just blast that out on no, the, no, all right, I right. Do, no I do not want that on the fucking internet we said we want to keep this at 69 minutes it's gone a full 90 minutes. Hey, <laughs> it's even longer than last week. It's so bad. <laughs> we are the Daves You Know. This has been the Daves I Know. As you do yours, land here, become fleet con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all, son, y'all, son, y'all, son, y'all, son. Y'all, 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 y'all,